Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. No, it's always fun, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, compete with guys, you know, um, across town. And, uh, you know, uh, we're definitely going to have fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully we go out and get on some shit. Chicago White Sox beat the Los Angeles Angels today 3 to nothing behind the dominant performance from Dylan Cease. And I'm Gabe Ramirez. That's Anthony Heron. Yahoo Sports is quoted as saying Dylan Cease is the Cubs version of Sammy Sosa, the one that got away. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, but we do have Maddie Lee joining us at 820. She's the Cubs writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. So we'll get her opinion on the Cubs in just a second. Don't forget... Crosstown Classic is here. Cubs Sox, Tuesday and Wednesday. First pitch, 640 both days. 605 pregame right here on 670. The score, make sure you're listening up for that. Now, Ant, when I, you know, I've only been on the score now for about a month. Mm-hmm. And it is my duty to avoid the text line because I just, uh-huh. I, heard, I heard it's not good for my health. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm man, sensitive. You know, Puerto Rican kid from Humble Park, I'm sensitive, uh-huh. man. And, right, right. But, but I heard that there's there's some activity going on over there. Oh, uh, yeah. It can definitely be like that sometimes. The Tech Zone brought to you by <laughs> Rose and Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at rosenhyundai.com. You go ahead and shoot us a text at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. While we do have a few minutes, we're getting ready to transition to some uh, some baseball talk here on the show. But you can give us a call if you want as well. But uh, just in seeing a couple of texts, I responded to a couple of them on the text line earlier. but We've, for obvious reasons, been talking a lot of NFL draft, a lot of Chicago Bears specific in that. Had uh, one of the, the Texans from the 630 just saying that, uh, you know, by, mo- by no means he's a guarantee, but for someone who was once projected with first round upside, there's not much that can hurt the Bears in this available. Uh, they can be very cheap. Is Justin Ross, the receiver out of Clemson? He's big, fast, and currently not on a team. I do believe actually Justin Ross. I uh, may have signed with a team earlier today, though, as I'm looking at it. Let's see who that was. I do believe it was. Chiefs. Chiefs. There you go. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs, they were able to add him to that offense. But he's got he's got intense medical issues, though, some things that are going to concern folks a lot. And when you evaluate a situation like this, and actually, yeah, it's uh, – he had a, a right ACL tear from back in 2015. In 2020, he was he had a congenital cervical fusion that required surgery where they uh, fused uh, some of his cervix together from some neck injuries. He's had a, a left foot Jones stress fracture as well that required surgery just this past season. So injury riddle, but the one that's most concerning 
the one that from an NFL perspective ends up leading to can lead to total and permanent disability benefits for a player is the neck injury. His cervical spine was injured and that required surgery. He was able to return to the field this past season for Clemson. Didn't look like his old self, understandably so. But yeah, years ago, he was certainly a guy that was projected the first round. So going undrafted, there's a reason it took him a couple of days to finally get signed by a team. There's not only the aspect of teams bidding for his services, but to be able to be cleared medically to participate in professional football at the NFL level, that's a, that's a huge concern there with a talent like that. So a team like the Bears, who, who need more playmakers at receiver, it's, uh, it was certainly worthy of perusing, but at the same time, you get a guy who comes in here, if he breaks his neck, you're not only out the even if you don't give him a, a signing bonus or whatever little, you know, let's call it a minuscule signing bonus you would give to an undrafted free agent, but you are potentially on the hook for whatever medical benefits would go with that if he has some sort of a career-ending injury, especially if it's something associated with his spine. So there are concerns that go with signing a player like that, even if he's not drafted, you sign him as an undrafted free agent. There's a lot of those other considerations where, you know, you put in your organization, in some ways putting the NFL on the hook for that. Kansas City Chiefs, we know they've obviously gotten rid of Tyreek Hill. They're not devoid of talent at receiver, but it's a risk the Chiefs were, were willing to take that right now the Bears medically, we've already seen, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about Larry Ogunjobi, they weren't willing to take that medical risk for that deep financial investment they had initially planned to make with him. I do think on the whole, it makes sense. I hope the best for Justin Ross. You hate seeing a guy with, with the talents that he had early in his career have his career potentially cut short uh, because of some of these injuries. But but on the whole, I think it makes sense. You understand why really the entire league, a guy who had his cervical spine fused, why, why the entire league was very hesitant on someone who showed the talents that he had earlier in his career. Uh, there was one other uh, texter uh, uh, from a different number from the 630 saying Cole Komet reminds them of Frankenstein. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> wouldn't go that far as far as uh, comparing him to Frankenstein. I, I do think there's a lack of separation that's there with uh, from Cole Komet running routes, but I would not personally compare him to Frankenstein. He's far more mobile and athletic than that. But uh, would I compare him to – would I compare him more to Frankenstein or more to Travis Kelsey? Stop it. <laughs> I mean, that, that could potentially – that could be an issue. But I, I, I wouldn't call him Travis Kelsey, but I wouldn't call him Frankenstein either. <laughs> I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. You can watch us during the Bears season if you want to see our nice faces. Fox 32, we oh, host yeah. Bears Unleashed. And right. obviously here right now, listen, okay, Cole Komet, when you bring up separation, you, you think about all the tight ends in the league. More often than not, they're really just getting the jump ball. I just want you to have good hands. I don't want you to drop it on a key third down when we need those 20 yards for the first. Oh, I'm bringing up old stuff. Anyway, uh, but when it comes to Justin Ross, that's some fantastic insight. And I had no idea that that was the case. I mean, obviously the texter, you know, didn't either when saying why didn't he get drafted or at least to the Bears. But you don't, you're, that's something, obviously, you're not even thinking about the financial ramifications of taking someone like that and the burden that comes with that, which is why, again, you would be signed as a, as a uh, undrafted free agent. So that's that's some, that's some great insight right there. We're going to be talking more Bears at the tail end of the hour because I still got some questions for you. And I, I feel like I haven't picked your brain completely about the draft and where this team is. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that. And the same way you haven't picked my brain completely about the Chicago White Sox. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. again, Dylan Cease on the bump today. Pitched a fantastic game, seven innings, only gave up one hit, 11 strikeouts. And then, of course, the bullpen coming through as they have as of late. Kendall Graveman, one inning, one hit, one K. And then, of course, Liam Hendricks 
shutting it down the way we know he can, which I'm great. He can shut up a couple of haters as well. A nice, clean ninth with three strikeouts. I was watching the game. I wanted to go to the game. First of all, I love day games, Ant. So I'm watching the ninth, and I'm saying to myself, oh, man. Three nothing, got a solid lead. And, and But it was weird because I still said to myself, I don't even want him to get any. I don't even want there to be any base runners. Mm. That's how I felt about Liam Hendricks. I felt it was that it was this type of performance. All right, we've we've had some bad games against the Los Angeles Angels. Here you are in a position, a safe situation, still up three runs, but giving yourself a, a nice cushion. And he was throwing some nasty stuff. Yeah, nasty stuff. So so it felt good to see Liam Hendricks, you know, perform well for the Chicago White Sox. It's unfortunate what their season is, you know, how, how their season has gotten off to the, uh, the start. But your question was, am I worried, Ant, right? And I, I would say probably it's a, it's a little too simplistic to say, are you worried? I mean, how worried are you? It's probably even a more direct that. question. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone evaluating the Sox who, who wouldn't be worried from the stretch we've seen here, but how worried are you? Are you still fairly confident that they're going to come out of it, they're going to turn this thing around, that they're going to win what's still perceived as a – as a weak division in, in Major League Baseball, but I certainly think the division is improving around the White Sox this season. We're seeing plenty of evidence of that. Now, part of that evidence is is based off the Sox not performing well, but then also I think just even the, the results for, you know, when teams like Minnesota and Cleveland haven't been playing the Sox, they've been performing better on the whole. But you would think because they've got the best personnel top to bottom in the division once they get healthy, that they should be in good shape in the Central. But, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's not as easy, in my opinion, for them to just run away with this thing like it seemed like they were going to easily do last year. You know, last year they performed at a really high level for the majority of the year. Not so much this season. So, I mean, how how worried are you with what we've seen through this first month? First and foremost, I just want to say it's difficult to perform with a target on your back. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the White Sox had coming into this season. You know, everyone was saying, hey, World Series are bust. And so if you're the Cleveland Indians or the Minnesota Twins going into the season, like any team, they feel like they have a, a, a chance as well. So in these early series, I felt like this was the Twins and, and, and the Guardians, excuse me, shot at proving to themselves that they can compete for the AL Central, that they are a good team. But what we saw after they played the White Sox was them coming back to reality, going on their own losing streak or, you know, playing sub-500 baseball. And when you're looking at this team, when you're concerned, I'm just not so concerned because there's been injuries. And I also feel as though it's good for our team because it's building character by losing early. I think if you are, you know, playing 700, 800 baseball, you're not necessarily challenged if you're winning every single series. So I think to be able to be in that position early and then to have a game like today mm-hmm. where when Giolito was out you were looking for who was going to be the guy to stop the losing streak yeah it's, do you have another ace it was typically Giolito all last season that was someone that you could have depended on maybe a Lance Lynn to take you deep into some games but without him there without Giolito there it, it was looking rough yeah with, with Keiko and some spot starts from some of the some of the relievers so to see Cease come in one of the first games where they're letting guys go seven innings. And for him to be and pitch the way that we knew he could last year, it, you're saying to yourself, now there's a reliable starter we can have in the playoffs because that's where your mind immediately goes to. What are the White Sox going to look like in the playoffs? Because we were embarrassed last year with a lack mm-hmm. of depth in our rotation. 
So with Giolito, Cease, and now you're hoping for a Kopech to continue on that rise. And you're hoping for a Lance Lynn to be a serviceable fourth starter so that that way you're not necessarily concerned about who's finishing off the back end of that five-man rotation. So to answer your question, I'm not. I'm not worried at all. I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I think they're going to go on. A, you know, they're going to have a couple of long winning streaks. They, they're a really good team. And once all these guys get back, I think they're going to establish themselves as the dominant force in the AL Central. I, I think it's still fair just a month in to to have that expectation. Well, at the same time, the the injuries to the staff, the injuries to the lineup, they all add up. But at the same time, you, you got those concerns about the the guys defensively are you fielding at a high level it's not you know tim anderson has been the the chief sort of uh uh committer of of a lot of these errors at at times but he's not the only one you know the the base running errors that have been there we've seen that way too much this season for a team that you would think comes into this year with those expectations you talk about world series or bust you got that bullseye on your back so i can understand where it makes the performance a little bit tighter well at the same time you know, you got to be able to be on top of things. You got to make sure that your approach in the batter's box is sound. You got to make sure that your fielding is sound. That the way your your fundamentals are working and, and making sure you're catching it, delivering it, being on point with where you're delivering it to your defensive positioning. All these things that were problems at the close of the season and in the postseason last year. It doesn't necessarily look like those things have been tightened up even before you get to talking about injuries and before we get to talking about the cold weather and some of those aspects so there's still a lot to clean up but if you get pitching like that from cease from Hendricks closing it out with the best player in baseball in the batter's box closing it out as well four strikeouts on the day for Mike Trout yeah if you can get that out of this rotation cease Kopech you name it yeah I mean that that's going to cure a lot of the ails right now but then still with those World Series aspirations some of those same questions would still loom. Do you have the proper approach in the box? And can you make sure defensively you're sound in your plan, sound in your alignment, sound in your execution? So getting healthy, I do think will cure a lot of this, maybe even end up you know, winning the division still. I, I do think that that's, that's still something that's more than on the table. But then you get back to the point of wondering, does this look like a World Series team yet? And even healthy, there's still a lot to tighten up before I'm willing to say that. And it's like my grandmother used to tell me, Con calma, nene. Just relax. Be calm about it. You got, you're going to be all right. And that's what I want to tell the Sox fan base that's out there. Now, if I told each fan base Ant, that you'd be 9-13 and after 22 games, Sox fans might have been like, what? But the Cubs right. fans might have been like, eh. <laughs> so, so we are going to talk. It probably sound just like just that, like, too. 9-13? Eh, no, that's not too bad. All right, so we're going to talk to Maddie Lee. She writes for the Chicago Cubs on the for the Chicago Sun Times covering the Cubs, and we're gonna get her opinion on that nine and thirteen, and see if she's like, eh, we'll do that <laughs> on the other side. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is six seventy. The score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Crosstown Cup will be happening right here on 670 The Score. Tuesday and Wednesday, 6.40 p.m. First pitch pregame right here at 6.05 Zach Zabin, Pat, Ron, the whole, the whole gang, got you covered. Now, you know who I'm going to be rooting for. I won't tell you. And I know who she, she'll be rooting for. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron joining us right now from the Chicago Sun-Times. She, follow, she writes for the Cubs. We got Maddie Lee joining us. Hey, Maddie. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I missed you the last time around, so I'm glad to get to talk to you today. The Cubs, Sox, obviously going at it in the Crosstown Cup. First of all, what's your thought on the, on the, 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 the phrase Crosstown Cup? Does that do anything for? Does that do anything for you? Well, as a former soccer writer, I like the cup part and the alliteration, <laughs> just as a writer. But uh, I mean, let's be honest. The, there's only there's only so many years when this rivalry rises to the occasion, right? Lots. Of, I mean, yes, it's awesome seeing the you know the fans talk back and forth and all of that. But in recent years, we've only gotten a handful where it was like. Both teams are kind of on the same footing, and we're going to get a good series. And when you look at the the fact that the teams share the same nine and thirteen record, I'm wondering does the <laughs> the, the tenor of the, this initial series that they're going to face each other this season does the tenor have a, a certain level of juice to it, where the Sox are below expectations and the Cubs are at least at, if not perhaps even slightly above expectations right now? Where you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's going to be the battle of the worst. (laughs) Whoever gets to the bottom first. Um, No, I mean, I think when you have two teams that are struggling, I mean, obviously the White Sox are dealing with injuries at the beginning of the season. Again, uh, I know at the end of last year, they were talking about like, all right, going into next season, we're not going to have that, you know, knock on wood. 
apparently they didn't knock hard enough because here they are again. And then the Cubs have just had some really sloppy games recently. Uh, Certainly need to clean it up in the pitching and defense department. So when you put that together, it could be pretty sloppy. I mean, the White Sox have had their share of defensive errors and missteps as well. So, I mean, hopefully we get some good baseball out there, but it could get interesting. It could be. Chicago Cubs coming off some pretty bad losses to end the month of April, 11 to 1, 9 to 1 to the Milwaukee Brewers before taking the third game in that series, two to nothing. Whether it's pitching or, you know, offensive production, you can point to a lot of things on this on this Cub team, but one thing we can look at, which is a shining star, is Seiya Suzuki. What have what have what has your thoughts been of him to start the season so far? Oh man, it's been a pleasure covering him to start off. I mean, we all went into it thinking, all right, he's going to have a transition period. We know that we're just going to, you know, we know that going in, so we're going to see it for what it is when it happens. Turns out he got that out of the way in spring training, and he was cruising to start the season. He looked so good. He was leading the Cubs in most offensive categories. Uh, he slowed down a little bit since, but, of you know, when you have a white heart hot start like that, of course you're going to, and there's going to be ups and downs during the season. There's going to be times when the other teams and other teams pitching kind of catches up to him, figures something out about him, and then he adjusts in turn to them. Uh, but he has been very good, A, and then B, really, really funny, and that's hard to do <laughs> in – through a translator, right, or in your second language. So he only knows a a few phrases and such, or at least only lets on to knowing a few phrases and such in English and has his translator toy who has been phenomenal. And so a lot of his communications are filtered through another person. And, you know, that is tough when you're trying to make connections with all these new people. But we've heard rave reviews from coaches and players on how he and toy have been able to do that. And us as media, I mean, we've had some very memorable moments starting off from day one when he gave his famous I love you, Mike Trout line. So, I mean, from from the personality to the play on the field, it's been a pleasure. And another guy who's really, really been effective at the plate so far this season is one that, you know, when you think back to a couple of seasons ago, Ian Happ was a player they were trying to figure out, is he a leadoff hitter? What's his best position in the outfield? What do we do with all this athleticism? And it seems like there is some some level of comfort he's found with his approach at the plate from both sides of the plate, really. I'm just wondering, what what is Ian Happ credited with the hot start he's had so far? Yeah, that both, both sides thing is key, right? Because He's been told at different points, especially in his major league career, like, hmm, maybe we used to think about hitting more left-handed. I know that's what the fans have been saying in recent years. And you look at his numbers, and he's hitting so well right-handed. He talks a lot about how getting more consistent at that last year and being able to kind of heat up from that right side and really be able to have that consistent approach and not overthink, like, oh, if he has a rough five games hitting right-handed, right? But he only got five at-bats in that time, then, you know, then maybe there's not an adjustment to make. Maybe he just has to roll with, you know, trust the process, right, Um, for the Philly fans out there. Uh, But that's kind of been 
able to carry over into this year. And he, you know, he put a lot of work into his right-handed swing as well over the off season. And you've seen that really pay off to a great start for both sides of the plate, as you said. And then he's also made some spectacular catches in the outfield as well, which is something that, you know, he hasn't always been lauded for, but he's, he's really looked good at to start this season. Maddie Lee, Cubs writer for the Chicago Sun-Times, joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. Now, Maddie, we know there are a ton of unwritten rules in baseball. We know this. We complain about them. We can argue about them all day. But there's also unwritten rules in the Cubs-Sox rivalry. So I'm going to ask you a question about just that. Oh, can, can you wear, or yeah, can you wear the opposing team's hat? to the other stadium. Can you wear a Cubs hat oh to Sox Park? Or can you wear a Sox hat to Wrigley Field? How do you feel about that? Well, I'll tell you, as someone who hasn't uh, been a fan in any of these situations, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. uh, I, I am not initiated into the unwritten rules. I have seen from the press box several fights break out, uh, <laughs> which are very clear from across the field. So, I, I don't want to give anyone bad advice because I know that the stakes are high here. And what do you think about this? I got to know your opinion. Are you a, are you a, do you are you wearing your socks hat to the Cubs game? So I'll, I'll say this, man. I'm since my family's from the south side of the city, and so we're we're more, there's more of myself and my family members who veer more towards the White Sox side of things. But we didn't necessarily grow up in like a baseball passionate house, and so. When the Cubs have been good over the years, I've been cool okay. rooting for the Cubs. I've been cool rooting for the Sox. I have gone to the Crosstown Cup wearing my Sox hat and my Cubs T-shirt. And, you know, I, I suppose my stature may have something to do with it. I haven't necessarily been presented <laughs> with any problems when I've been there. But I do know it's frowned upon when a lot of other folks have done such things. Maddie, it's exactly why I like to walk around the city of Chicago with Aunt Heron because I never have any problems when it comes to that. I, I wore my Sox hat to Wrigley, but it was when I was in my 20s. And I feel like now that I'm older, I realize, like, just don't. It's Chicago. Don't do that. You're setting yourself up for failure. Just, you know, wear your little jersey, you know, underneath. got a hoodie on or something like that. And then that way you'll be okay if anything happens. Well, I'm glad that you guys have the pertinent information here because I was about to go get people in trouble. Right. How much did it mean, Maddie, to, to finally see? Because there's been so many – so many expectations placed on really two of the main acquisitions. You know, we went through the offseason, and folks are, you know, what, what are the Pocota projections going to be for the Cubs this year? They don't want to call it a refill, but it seems like a rebuild. Just kind of like the discussion we're having about the Bears right now. But they went out, paid the money to get Seiya Suzuki in. Prior to that, they had gone out, paid the money to get Marcus Stroman in here. And so you spend money on a pitcher with, Stro- with Stroman's resume. He comes in. Had a slow start. Opening start was fine. Last few starts hadn't been. Then he goes out there and looks like the Marcus Stroman that had been expected. How how big a deal was it for Stroman to finally go out there recently and shut down that Milwaukee lineup? I think it's huge for the Cubs. Stroman downplays everything, right? So he came out and he was like, yes, I'm, I'm getting closer, which we all thought. He looked fantastic. Uh, and I think this is what he expects to be coming out every time. Uh, He did, like you said, really what he was struggling with was rhythm. And he will not use the short spring as an excuse. He's brushed that off time and time again. But I do think that we have to remember 
that these guys did not get the same amount of time to get into rhythm during the spring. And for a field pitcher like Marcus Stroman, that's a big thing. And he says that doesn't matter because he's doing all this stuff in front of the mirror and he's putting in the extra work and this, that, and the other. But I do think that it plays a role. Now it's about making sure that he can replicate that, that he can stay in that rhythm. And I talked to Tommy Hobby early in the season right after that first start. He kept saying that coming in, Stroman even wanted to do better than what his resume says. And the Cubs goal, of course, is to unlock that. And so now that he's kind of gotten into rhythm, if they can replicate that over a couple more starts, then they feel like they can even take that a step further and getting him consistently doing what he's good at. Uh, And you saw that this weekend in Milwaukee. It'll be great to see continued success from Marcus Stroman. I mean, it's why you brought him here. You know what he's capable of. So it's great to see that. From the closer uh, position, David Robertson, Robertson, Hasn't a lot of hits since April 7th. What a phenomenal run. Do you see him, Maddie, being someone that can be a trade piece or someone that can anchor the bullpen for years to come for the Chicago Cubs team? I think just because of his age, probably a trade piece. The timeline doesn't quite line up. Um, of course, but, you know they can see what they can get and maybe decide that they think he's better suited for trying to get them through the rest of this year. Um, but looking at the age and the length of the contract seems like someone that they could really flip at the deadline and get something out of it. I mean, we saw what they did last year with their closer, right? Did not work out great for the White Sox in the long run. <laughs> work is working out great for the Cubs so far. Um, you know, they expect Cody Hoyer to come back from that Tommy John and they hope be kind of a former better version of himself. So we'll, we still have to see how he comes out on the under, other end of this. But I do think that that's an option for this team because they're certainly not – like this roster isn't it. They're still going to be doing a lot of moving and shaking. And that's going to be a, another, another trade deadline to circle. How likely is it that the 29-year-old, soon-to-be 30-year-old, Wilson Cone Trerez will – will continue his career with the Cubs beyond this season? Oh, man. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not a good sign that they couldn't, that they couldn't avoid arbitration, right? Uh, they, the Cubs say that that's not true, that that has nothing to do with the long term. Wilson himself said, you know, it was such a short time for us to get things figured out because of, the lockout and all of that. So, you know, maybe in different circumstances, they would have figured things out. Um, But you do have last year's trade deadline in the back of your mind, right? And some of those things are are lining up similarly. Um, And, you know, he's assuming he, if he does go to free agency next year, you know, whether he's traded or not, this is the deadline. He's looking to be the top all around catcher in that class. So for a trade piece, that's pretty good value, right? Even just for a temporary, like a loan, essentially. Um, so I, if you're buying jerseys right now, I wouldn't buy a Contreras one thinking that you'll be able to wear it for years and years to come. But for now, he is a really important piece on the staff. I just wrote a, a story about 
a couple moments that he's had with the, you know, just talking with young pitchers, pulling them aside. And, you know, Ethan Roberts spoke very highly of the, the effect that he's had on him. So right now he's seems incredibly focused on the moment, despite all of the trade talks and such swirling. He now takes that as a compliment. Um, but yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all if, if he wasn't here come the second half of the season um, or, you know, eventually walked in free agency. Fantastic player. You know, he loves playing for the Chicago Cubs. So hopefully he, he he's either playing for you guys or, or getting you guys something in return. This is Matty Lee, Cubs writer for the Chicago Sun-Times with Gabe Ramirez with Anthony Heron. Now, Matty, obviously Cubs taking on the Sox Tuesday and Wednesday, 640 right here on 670 to score. Uh, pre-game starting at 605. And so I know you cover the Cubs, but you're still exposed to this team on the south side. Do you yeah. think the Sox are, are a lock to win the AL Central? Or f- from what you've seen in the beginning of the season, you still have some doubts? Uh, I still have some doubts. And that's, that's because of health, A. I mean, they've had such bad luck in that department. Uh, and then B, the division just gotten a lot better. And they knew that coming into the offseason that they would face, you know, a tougher division, that it wouldn't be so easy to run away with the Central. And we've seen that playing out. So they have to get healthy, right? And they've had, you know, some nice surprises on the pitching side. Um, But they have to get healthy in order to really get this ball rolling and, and ensure that they can claim that top seed in the division. But, man, they were so I. You know, like you said, I covered them for just a couple months at the end of last year, and they are such a fun team to cover, such a fun team to watch. So, I mean, I think it's in everyone's best interest for them to get healthy and really show what they can do. Maddie Lee, Cubs writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is Anthony Heron. Maddie, thank you so much for the insight. Can't wait to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. And see... Like I said, I you know, you know I follow the Sox and, I, and I'm watching these Cubs. But when you get a, mm. get someone like Maddie on there, they give you the insight. I can't say David Robinson is going to be traded by the deadline <laughs> because they want some assets in return, <laughs> but she can, and I love hearing that. I, I love hearing those things because it also puts in, into perspective if you are a Cubs fan where your team is at and expectations and, and where your mind should be at. Same way with the Chicago Bears, wouldn't you say? Now. You brought up the whole topic of wearing the opposing team. I love this. Here, though. Where, I can, where, I can stay on you, this forever. I mean, so where where are you at with it? Have you ever done it? Would you never have done it? Will you never do it in the future? Like how how much of a hard line stance do you take on showing up in the opposing? Now, is it any opposing stadium or is it just like showing up at Wrigley and Sox gear or some Cubs fan showing up on the south side in now, Cubs gear? And I'm born and raised in Chicago. I will show up to any stadium outside of this city in a Sox jersey or a Bears uh-huh. jersey with zero problems at all. Have zero uh-huh. problems. Now, when it comes to Wrigley Field, the last time I did it, I was actually with Eddie from Eddie and Jobo, B96 okay. alums. We go, to the, we go to the Cubs game, and I was wearing my Sox hat. It was a Cubs-Sox game. I was wearing my Sox hat, and somebody was okay. trying to talk crazy. Mm. And this was before I had my morning show and before I had a real job with benefits. <laughs> you, you had less to lose is, is what I'm hearing, what I'm interpreting from that. Now you know. <laughs> so, so I might have been a little lippy at the time. But again, that's why I said that was in my 20s. 
Right. And I feel like now right. that I'm a little bit older, I just try to avoid yeah. conflict. Because you know what the worst is, Ant? You know what the worst is? When you when when some when I'm going to a Sox game and I see a Cubs fan wearing a Cubs hat, just like when we're playing the Angels or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. we're just playing some regular team and you gotta show up with your cup. You're choosing violence today. You're choosing <laughs> chaos and anarchy by showing up to the Sox stadium with your with your Cubs hat on. And you and you know you are. And again, that was something I did in my twenties, and now I just try to avoid it. You're being a jerk. Don't do it. I I, I see that you're trying to highlight your fandom, mm-hmm. but you could just do that by wearing, you know, just not wearing any Cubs gear or any Angels gear, and we'll know that you don't root for either team. When now it comes we've like obviously uh, we've been communicating with our our producer here, Tyler Butabah, off the air, and I'm uh, I'm I'm going to bring this on air if Tyler doesn't mind our, our text exchange here because he did admit, Tyler, you can share with the folks that you have worn your Chicago gear on the road, not necessarily here in the city with the opposing team, though. Yeah, so I got invited. Me and my uh, girlfriend at the time were get, got invited to a Sox and Brewers game because of a lifelong friend who moved to... Girlfriend at the time, now wife? Fiance. Or? Fiance. Just got, oh, and right, and right. he just proposed to her last week. Shout out Whoa, to Tyler. <laughs> look at that, man. Love Congratulations. Thank you. Job, all that good stuff. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, so we got invited to... Because they just wanted uh, his him and his girlfriend wanted to just do something with us, and so even though none of us are, neither of us were Sox fans, so we we're like, well, I'm still gonna wear my Cubs stuff. So we showed up to uh, Milwaukee with all of our Cubs gear, even though the Cubs were the pant, not playing. The pants and everything, and he had the <laughs> pants on. He had he, he had a batting uh, helmet, not even a, a hat. Uh, I'm right. just trolling. I'm yeah. trolling. Right the bobblehead. <laughs> See, yeah. you know what? Though, and he's he's in his twenties. And he chose violence and anarchy mm. and all of those mm. things. Hopefully in 10, 10 years when you got kids, you're just going to show up and you want no problems. All right, young fella? No mercy. <laughs> no mercy. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. And that's Tyler Budabar, our, our producer for today. But we still got one more segment. And I can't say it enough. I know when we spoke earlier today to Pat Finley about potentially bringing in some veteran receivers, he was against the idea. But I want to revisit the topic, and I want to go over some names, and I want to get your opinion on it. Because right. I know you I like and I it. can tackle this the way it should be tackled. I like it. All right. What veteran receivers should make the Bears team in the upcoming season? We'll discuss it right after this. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Anthony Heron. This is 670 The Score. Um, I'm so excited. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, especially a guy like Justin, a great leader, and seeing what he's accomplished throughout his career and has so much more, you know, his ceiling, he doesn't have a ceiling on him, um, a true talent. And I just can't wait, you know, um, to receive balls from him. Um, it's uh, it's truly a blessing uh, with all the history there from even one of the great returners, uh, David Hester. It's just, you know, it's a big role, but, you know, I've been ready for this all my life. You know, I started football at four. I've always been strong in my faith, and, you know, I'm just really excited, and I can't wait to get up there. I cannot wait until Jeff Joniak is screaming his name as he runs into the end zone. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. Of course, that was the Bears' third-round selection, Valus Jones Jr. Okay, because I know we only got like four minutes. I just really, you know, we talked to Pat Finley earlier in the show, and I brought up veteran receivers that we could potentially get, even lower-level veteran receivers. He said absolutely not. And then I just really literally wanted to go on a sidebar with you for like 20 minutes about this whole topic because you and I saw it all last year. And mm-hmm. if you don't know, Anthony and I, we host Bears Unleashed on Fox 32. So we literally 
chatted after every single game or before every right. single, you know, and talked about this. So, I mean, okay, I'll start with the first two names that I said, Will Fuller and Emmanuel Sanders. I'm talking about guys that are just, you know, some veterans that can catch. Like, that's all I really want to help out Justin Fields. How do you feel about those two guys? And then if you say no, I got a couple more names I don't mind throwing at you. I mean, I like you – know, because right now there's such a premium on speed that they're placing uh, with this staff. And to have a real go-getter, like a, a guy I described as a go-getter, just someone you line up on the outside who can just blaze by the secondary, who lengthens the opposing coverage, who can take advantage of that deep ball ability that Justin Fields has, the accuracy he's always shown on his downfield throws. It'll be nice to have more of that in the lineup. I could certainly see Will Fuller being a player who adds that. Doesn't mean that Will Fuller would show up here and be a pro bowler, but can he be some sort of additional piece to the passing attack, add a little bit more juice to the receiver core and a guy who's made plays in this league? Sure. I think that, uh, you know, some of the – there's a lot of names that are out there as free agents. Some would make more sense for the Bears than others. Like, you know, if OBJ, once he gets healthy, he strikes me as the type of guy that's just coming off of a – you know, team that's won a Super Bowl here. So he's, you know, probably expecting to be around high-level winning, not necessarily wanting to show up in some kind of rebuild like is here in Chicago, but a Will Fuller type, a, a John Ross type who was at Washington and, you know, was a, a high NFL draft pick, fastest 40 ever recorded at the NFL Combine, but just hasn't rounded into form. I think there's guys who at least have been around the block professionally with some traits that would be worth a flyer to come in, veteran minimum type situation. But, I mean, the, the name Will Fuller, yeah. I mean, he, he's you know he's had a couple of moments throughout his pro career, and I think that speed is something the Bears offense would benefit from. And he's, he's we know he's injury prone. We know he, right? can't, he hasn't lasted a full season, but he's only 28. Mm-hmm. And when I think about – I'm just trying to think of hands guys, and Guys right. that, that can be surefire. I mean, we expected that from Allen Robinson last year never Uh quite built that relationship with Justin Fields to trust him in order to just throw him the ball, things that you and I talked about a ton about last year. And apparently not with Matt Nagy either, according (laughs) to some of the the comments, quotes, social media posts that have been out there since then. That's unfortunate. unfortunate Uh, You're always going to say bad things about your ex-girlfriend, man. You're never going to pray. You should take the high road. I learned that way. (laughs) Um, but there are some there are some other names out there now. Obviously, I don't want anything to do with Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, Marquise Good. It's just a bunch of guys. You know what? The good thing is this: Anthony and I get an opportunity to talk about this more Friday. We are going yeah. to be together from six to nine yeah. p.m. Can't wait for that. Want to thank our guests today: Pat Finley, Anthony Poindexter, Eric Edholm, and of course Maddie Lee. And do not forget. Cubs Sox, 640 right here on 670 The Score. Pre-game starts at 605. Big shout-out to our producer and newly engaged Tyler Butterball. That's what I call him, man. Because <laughs> he's on a roll. Is that why? I, 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 he said he said his friends call him that, and I was like, well, we're friends now, so this, this is what it has to be. Uh-huh. All right. For Gabe Ramirez, he's Anthony Heron. You guys have a fantastic evening. And we will, I will see you actually on Thursday. I'm going to be with your homie, Caitlin Sharkey, on nice. Thursday. Star game. All right, guys, have a great evening. This is 670 to score. All right. Well, see you later. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.